Amen. Good morning, Friendship Church, and Merry Christmas. Come on. Love December. Love this time of year. It is Christmas time, and I just can't, I, I love that I get to say it like all the time now, every day this month, a hundred times. So Merry Christmas to you. We love Christmas uh, in our house. For us, Christmas starts November 1st, okay? Um, and it, we, have, we don't have any shame about it at all. I know some of you, you're supposed to start, you know, December 1st. That's when Christmas starts. Or like you start putting up the tree the day after Thanksgiving or whatever. Listen, if you don't want joy in your life, you don't have to have it, okay? We want joy in our life. And so we put it up November 1st, okay? And one of the, 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 the ways that we kind of get into the spirit a little bit is Christmas carols. How many of you love Christmas carols? Okay, I, I found that those who love Christmas carols the most are the worst singers, okay? So that's me. That's me, okay? I'm the worst singer, but I sing them at the top of my lungs in the car. And my kids are embarrassed, and I'm like, I don't care. I love them. And so we, we, we sing them all the time. I love Christmas carols. So um, we were, <laughs> I, I was looking at kind of best Christmas carols. It's really hard to do that. We're looking for lists of like the best Christmas carols because everybody's list is different. Looked at one list, what they had number one, somebody else had number 27 on their list. So it's really hard to figure out, you know, what, maybe what your favorite Christmas carol is. Um, but looking through it, I, I, I found something of an objective list of the top five selling Christmas songs, Christmas carols of all time, so here in America. So we're going to go through these top five selling Christmas carols, okay? So those are most sold. Not the best, not the favorite, or most popular maybe, but uh, top selling. You want to know what they are? Okay, here we go. Well, whether you want to know or not, this is what we're going to do. Um, (laughs) So, all right, we'll start with uh, the number five top-selling Christmas carol of all time. Okay, we, uh, this sermon has started off on a bad note already. That was terrible. <laughs> How did Wham! make the top five of anything? I have no idea. Wham!'s Last Christmas is the number five sold Christmas carol, if you want to call it that, um, of all time, which is just crazy. That's number five. Okay. Save us. Number four. Rudolph the red-nosed reindeer. Okay. That's a little better. Had a very shiny nose. And if you ever saw it, you would even say it goes. All right. Does anybody know who sung that version of that song? Anybody? Gene Autry, I think. Yeah, Gene Autry, that's right. Gene Autry and his version of Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. All right, that's the good one, okay? The third selling Christmas carol of all time. You. She was going to say you, okay? That's what, it, that's what it was. Mariah Carey. I can't believe we played Mariah Carey in church. <laughs> Mariah Carey, All I Want for Christmas is You, is number three of all time. Okay, we'll just leave it there. Uh, number two selling Christmas carol of all time. Silent night. 
Finally, a Christian one, right? <laughs> Anybody know who that was? Bing Crosby. That's right. Number two. Number two, Christmas Carol, Silent Night, uh, most sold. And finally, number one sold Christmas Carol of all time is. Why Christmas? That's right. I also recorded this for you before church. <laughs> Who sung this? Bing Crosby? What? Not only two in the top ten or top five, he got one and two? That's, that's just, okay, he's just selfish now. He's just, you know, he's just, okay, Bing Crosby, he's the man. All right, so those were the uh, top five. Now, were, were, was your favorite any one of those five? Last Christmas? No, okay. <laughs> All right, so I love Christmas carols. So what I thought would be fun, the, uh, the Christian Christmas carols, right? There was only one on that list, by the way. That, that's probably another sermon that I should uh, preach about. Okay, don't take the Christ out of my Christmas, you know what I'm saying? Um, uh, I, I love the Christmas carols, and especially the, Chris, the, the Christian Christmas carols. And so what I thought would be fun is to look at some of these Christmas carols because they have a lot of of um, good Bible doctrine, good verses that, that they took from these scriptures and made some of these songs. And so we're going to look at one song in particular for the next couple of weeks. And uh, can you guess what song we're going to do? <laughs> Hark, the herald angels sing. So we're going to look at verse 1 this week, verse 2 next week, and then verse 3. We've already started this actually on Wednesday. We, uh, we're going through some other songs as well. Last Wednesday we talked about joy to the world and we went through those uh, those lyrics there and, and where you find those in the Bible, and we're going to look at another one next Wednesday. But today we're going to look at Hark the Herald Angel Sing. And so first, let's look at the passage of Scripture where this is inspired from. If you have your Bibles, turn to Luke chapter 2. If not, we'll have it here on the screen for you, but Luke chapter 2 is where we're going to be looking at today and this month, Luke chapter 2. Now the Christmas story is in Matthew, and it's also in Luke, and so we're looking at Luke's account here today. Uh, in this month. So Luke chapter 2, let's look at the passage of Scripture. Um, obviously very familiar. We hear about this every Christmas season. Uh, it's our joy to preach and to talk about this. So Luke chapter 2, starting in verse 8, says, That night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly, everybody say suddenly. Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the, of, of the Lord's glory surrounded them, and they were terrified. Okay, so there's these shepherds. They're doing their shepherd thing, and they're talking, and they got their flocks of sheep, and they're, they're, they're minding their own business. And all of a sudden, an angel appears, seemingly floating in the sky, with this whoom, I don't know what the sound effect was, but something had, there had to be something. And then there's like radiant light behind them, and this angel starts talking to these shepherds. That, that had to be an amazing sight, okay? That suddenly, the angel of the Lord appears to them, radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. Obviously, they were terrified. You'd be terrified too, wouldn't you? You're out there, 
with your flocks of sheep. That would terrify you probably. And all of a sudden, this angel, I don't know, this angel is there. And, you know, there he is. Verse 10. But the angel reassured them, don't be afraid. I have to tell you this story. She's not in here, I don't think. Uh, so several years ago, we, we were serving at a church, a children's pastor, and we had a, 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 I think it was a Christmas Eve service. It was a service where all the kids were in church, and our pastor was reading us to the story. And uh, Juliet was about four at the time. And so he's telling the story, and so he, he rhetorically asks the question. He says, and what did the angel say to the shepherds? And above everyone, Juliet just shouts out, Don't be afraid! <laughs> and I was like, uh, You know, it was like, Shh, like that. Of course, everybody starts laughing. And, uh, and Pastor Larry says, Get her an extra Christmas present. That's exactly right. Um, and so, yeah, it was just one of those moments. Listen, if a four year old knows, don't be afraid, okay? We cannot be afraid as well. But that's what, uh, so the angel says, Don't be afraid. The shepherds were, were cowering. They were, they were terrified. He said, I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all the people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth, lying in a manger, away in a manger, right? But he comes in, and they, these angels, they interrupted the shepherd's day. Like, the shepherds were fine. They were doing their shepherdy thing. But the angel comes in and completely interrupts everything what they were doing. And that's exactly what God did, really, on earth, is he interrupted earth. Earth was going along, moving along, doing its thing, not knowing that it needed a Savior. And then here comes the Son of God born in Bethlehem on the day, and completely interrupts everything. Now, normally we don't like interruptions, do we? When we're going through our life, we're doing our thing, we've got our groove, we're doing, we're doing what we're doing, we don't like to be interrupted because we have to stop what we're doing and do what somebody else wants us to do, you know? And that's, that's an interruption. So, you know, you're, you're working and you're getting your work done and you're almost finished with an assignment. You're doing great. And all of a sudden there's a knock on the door. Hey, the boss wants to meet with us in five minutes. Ugh, interruption, right? You're, you're watching the game. It's third and goal. The quarterback has the ball. And then you hear from the kitchen, Daddy, I spilled milk everywhere. Okay? Interruption. Like you have to stop what you're doing and you got to now clean up some milk, okay? We don't, like to be interu- we don't like to be interrupted. Like, we're doing our thing. Leave us alone. This is what we're doing. However, sometimes interruptions can be good. They bring, uh, they bring good news or, or good things. Uh, how many of you remember uh, uh, fire drills when we were in school? Remember fire drill? Like, we're in class, and we're, you know, we want to be anywhere else but class, and all of a sudden somebody rings that bell, ding, 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 right? Everybody file up, line up, you got to go outside. You remember fire drills? Do y'all still have fire drills? On Friday. They let you know? They let you know when the fire drill is? Oh, okay. <clears throat> That's crazy, right? Okay. Those kind of interruptions are fun, okay? I, I remember they used to have, how do you remember this? We had to get under our chair, under our desk to prepare for a nuclear war. Do you remember that? Yeah. Because that thin piece of plywood is going to protect you from a nuclear bomb. <laughs> okay. I don't know. You've got to do something, I guess. I don't know. 
All right. There's this interruption. Now, we don't like to be interrupted unless it's with good news. And they were bringing good news this day. Good news to all the people. Listen, all of us, every single one of us who has ever been born, me, you, Mother Teresa, Abraham Lincoln, everybody, we're all sinners and on their way headed south. You know what I'm saying? But because of Jesus Christ being born in Bethlehem on that morning, he's making a way for us to have access to the Father. That is good news. There is no way for us to be able to go anywhere in God without this good news. And that's what the gospel is. That God made a way for our salvation through Jesus Christ. There's no way that we could receive salvation. There's no way that we could have covering for our sins. There's no, well, I did more of the good than I did bad, so I should be fine. We're not fine. We're not fine without Jesus Christ and what he did for us while he lived these 30, 33 years on this earth. When he died on the cross for our sins, God completely interrupted the whole world. And we say, thank you for it, okay? Because the way we were heading, there was nothing that we could do. And isn't that what life is? Life is man's attempt to live without God. Like, that's what life is, our attempt to live without God. And so we try everything. We try uh, the things that we want to do. We take advice from everybody, anybody other than that God that makes me do stuff sometimes. We want to, we, that's what we want to do. But God interrupted, completely interrupted their night, that night sky. The shepherds were fine. They were okay with where they were in life. But the angels interrupted their night. And God interrupted the world's life with good news. Verse 13, suddenly the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, glory to God in highest heaven and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. So not only was there one angel floating, now we have armies of angels are surrounding and they start singing this song to God, glory to God in the highest. Now listen, the angels... What, what, why should we care about what these angels are singing about? The angels, they were created by God as well, right? So from their very existence, they have been in the presence of the Son of God, of Jesus Christ. And they know how amazing God is. They know how amazing Jesus is. From their beginning, their existence, they've been in the presence of God. And now, the angels find out that the presence of God, that Jesus Christ is coming down to live with us sinners so that then we can have life with him. They're excited. They're like, you get to experience for a brief moment what we have felt our entire existence. And they say, glory to God in the highest. And what is he bringing? Peace to those whom he is pleased. Our life is full of chaos. There are people walking around depressed. They don't know what to do. They're confused. They figure something out for a little bit of time, but then they lose that because, well, that didn't work either. We're up and we're down and all these things. But that, the opposite of chaos, there is peace. And that's what Jesus brought to us. Peace on earth. Not that he erased all of our problems, but he walks with us in those problems. How many of you are thankful for peace? How many of you are thankful for peace? I'm going to start yelling at y'all again like I did last week. Verse 1 of Hark the Herald Angels Sing. First word, Hark! 
Everybody say heart. Heart says means listen up. Listen up. The angel said, stop what you're doing, shepherds. Hark. The herald angels sing. All of these angels, they're not named Harold, George. The herald angels sing. They're all there, and they're singing. And they say, hark. They say, listen up. Listen up to what we have to say here. Glory to the newborn king. Listen. The angels say, listen up. We're going through our life, we're doing our whole thing, and then there's an interruption in the shepherd's life, in the world's life, and there needs to be an interruption in our life as well. Listen up. Listen up. I've got good news. There is a newborn king in Bethlehem. Glory to his name. The next line says, peace on earth and mercy mild, God and sinners reconciled. Peace and mercy come from Jesus Christ. Like I said, we are in chaos constantly. But that opposite of chaos is peace. Not that all of our problems are erased, but that He walks with us in that. In any problem that we have, God is there to walk with us and to walk through that. And then He brings mercy as well. God is not up there waiting on you to mess up so He can hit you on the back of the head. He brings mercy. I don't know where that came from. It comes, well, it partially comes from outsiders that look at sometimes, let's just be honest, the church, and we've been mean to other people, so they think, well, I don't want to be a Christian because if they're going to be mean to us, that's who God is. If God made them that way, then I don't want to be that way either. I mean, let's just, let's just be a little honest here. Some of that comes from when they see us, and we're supposed to be representative of Christ, images of Christ. And so we bring peace and mercy to the situation because that's what God has given us. So God comes and brings us peace and brings mercy. God and sinners reconciled is what it says. At one time, we were conciled, I think. And then sin came and made a wedge in our lives with God. When Jesus Christ was brought he reconciled us. It means he brought us back together. Remember in the, in the garden, God the Father walked with Adam in the cool of the day. They had, they had community. They had friendship. And then when sin came and put a wedge between them and their relationship, there had to be something to reconcile them back together. And that someone was Jesus Christ. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 this means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. And all of this is a gift from God who brought us back to himself. Brought us back to himself. That means reconciled. Brought us back to himself through Christ. And God has given us this task of reconciling people to him. So not only have we been reconciled to God... Through Jesus Christ, he's bringing us together with everyone else as well. We're reconciled with people as well. What happened when sin entered the world? It was like the very next people, Cain and Abel, they murdered each other. Not only is, because of sin, not only uh, is there a division between us and God, there's a division with uh, uh, us and other people as well. Why is it that we gossip and we're rude to each other and that we're jealous of each other and we love some people more than other people but then them not as long as we would like and we're constantly fighting with each other. Why is that? 
because sin came into the world. And there's a broken relationship between us and God and a broken relationship with us and other people. And so when God reconciled us, he's given that, the, us a ministry of reconciling other people together back to him. That recon, reconciliation is for everything. Verse 19, for God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. Hallelujah. No longer counting people's sins against them. And he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. Bringing everyone back to the Lord. That's what we're singing about when we're singing Hark the Herald Angels Sing. Glory to the newborn king. Peace, and, uh, peace on earth and mercy mild. God and sinners reconciled. He reconciles us back. And that's why he says, hark, listen up. This is good news. The very next line says, joyful all ye nations rise. Join the triumph of the skies. So all of us nations, when we come together, we're going to worship the Lord together. Because not only is there reconciliation here, there's reconciliation here among all the nations. That is good news. We have a small snippet of that. My, my favorite sporting event is going on right now, the World Cup. Everyone is watching. And there's an element of competition. That, I know we lost yesterday. It's okay. It's okay. We weren't going to win it anyway, all right? <clears throat> but just this idea that, that the whole world, they say, but this is the most watched thing in the world is this World Cup. Everyone is coming together to do this. That, that, that's just a, a small taste of, of, a, of a secular way, I guess, to look at how great it is when the nations come together. This is not going to look anything like the World Cup. This is going to be so much better. When the nations come together to worship the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Psalm 86, All the nations you made will come and bow before you, Lord. They will praise your holy name. For you are great and perform wonderful deeds. You alone are God. Joyful, all ye nations rise. He's bringing joy for the nations. All the nations will be there represented. Praising the Lord in their first language. And God will be able to understand because he speaks fluently every language. Thank you, Lord. When we come together, the last line of the song, of the first verse, with the angelic host proclaim, Christ is born in Bethlehem. Hark the herald angels sing, glory to the newborn king. Praise you, Lord. Glory to the newborn king. We get to sing the song of angels. We get to join, not only as a nation, we'll sing alongside with angels, glory to God. Thank you. For this interruption, angels. Thank you for interrupting those shepherds on that day. Listen, angels have been interrupting people for a long time. You look back in the Old Testament, several times where angels interrupted someone's life because God had something for them. Remember when, he, when an angel of the Lord interrupted Gideon? Went to Gideon and said, hey, mighty warrior, how are you doing? And Gideon starts looking around like, who are you talking to? Listen, Gideon was doing just fine where he was at. He was doing just fine, just like the shepherds. We're just doing our shepherdy thing. Gideon's doing just fine. He's just, he's just being a good Israelite, doing what he's supposed to do. And then an angel of the Lord interrupted his life because God wanted to take him higher. He wasn't just going to be Gideon. 
He was going to be a mighty warrior. You look at how uh, an angel of the Lord interrupted Abraham when he was going to sacrifice Isaac. This was mentioned last week. An angel interrupted Moses. An angel interrupted Daniel. An angel interrupted Isaiah. Remember when he was in the temple and the presence of the Lord filled the place and it's, and it's rocking going back and forth and the seraphim start floating around and he says, woe is me, I'm a man who, who is undone, man of unclean lips, a nation of unclean. He was interrupted because he was going to be more than just a priest. He was going to be Isaiah, a prophet, and he was going to foretell the coming of the king. Jesus. He'd take you from here to there. How about Mary and Joseph's life were interrupted? Mary, look, she was just going to marry the man of her dreams, okay? Joseph was just going to marry the woman of his dreams. And then here comes Jesus. Here comes the Holy Spirit. Here comes, I'm sorry, here comes an angel. Here comes the angel and says, you're going to be with child. And it's going to be by the Holy Spirit. And how many whispers behind their back? Yeah, they're they're not quite married yet, but yet they're pregnant, and I don't know what's going on here. I don't know what was said behind their back. I don't know. Their life was interrupted. But God wanted to take her from just being Mary to being the mother of God. Listen, interruptions that are inconvenient for us at first can be tough, but it's always, if it's from God, to take us somewhere higher and better and more and where God wants to take us. An angel stopped the shepherds. An angel later talked to Paul. Angels have been interrupting our lives for a long time. And then even beyond that, for the most part, he used angels in the, Old Te- in the Old Testament, Jesus while he was here, and then now the Holy Spirit speaks to us and he interrupts us, doesn't he? Sometimes we want to do our own thing and then we feel something's talking to us. That's the Holy Spirit speaking to you, speaking to us, telling you to go this direction, do that. Ugh, stay away from that. You're going to hurt your relationship with God. He's been interrupting our life. I want to do my own thing, Holy Spirit. Leave me alone. He says, but I want to take you somewhere. I I know you think you're fine. You think you're fine. But listen, hark. Listen up. You're not as fine as you think you are. And there is a baby being born who is going to save you from your sins. Abraham was fine, and Gideon was fine, and the shepherds were fine, and Paul was fine, and then Hark. And I'm going to tell you the same thing that the angels told the shepherds. Don't be afraid of what God has for you. Don't be afraid of what God has for you. And that really works on two different levels. First of all, if you're watching online and you're here today and you're away from the Lord, you wouldn't call yourself a Christian. I'm here to tell you that Jesus is here to save you from your sins. And we all are born in sin. We have to come to Christ. Don't be afraid. I know you think you're fine, but you're not fine. We were all born in this sin, in the same place. But then for those of us who are Christians, and we've loved the Lord, many of us, for a lot of our life, don't be afraid for where God is wanting to take you. But I'm 70 or whatever. Hey, that's great that you've been a Christian for 70 years. What about for the next 10 Where does God want to take you in the next 10? Where does God want to take you there? Don't be afraid of where God wants to take you. Listen, these interruptions can happen. And it's really hard when we're just trying to live our life and and do our thing and, and live, many times, very honestly, we live by the world standards. 
the things that, that the world tells us to do, and we're just kind of living life. I remember I was um, counseling a couple several years ago. They were going to take a, a, a job. They were going to move from where they were at. They were going to take a job. He was going to get a promotion. But where they were moving to, it was, it was back home, and there was the temptation and the possibility to get back with the old crowd and to be the way that they used to be. You know what I'm saying? So they, they, there was that temptation there. Whereas where they were at, they had structure at church and structure with friends and structure at job and whatever. And they were in a really good spot. But because there was a, the possibility of a promotion, they were going to move over here and not have that structure. And I remember the phrase that they said to me was, well, you got to go where the money is. And that is a very worldly way to think. Sometimes God has us in a place where we can grow and we can be planted that God wants us and to chase something that the world chases will ruin everything. And I'm sad to say that they moved, they've been divorced, their life is in shambles right now. They made a little more money temporarily, but it cost them everything. Sometimes we want to go, and God interrupts us and says, stay. Sometimes we want to stay, and God interrupts us, and he says, go. Listen, I'm not telling you what to do today. I'm telling you to do what God's telling you to do. Let him interrupt your life. Let God interrupt your life. It will be inconvenient temporarily. Because there's change that has to happen in us. But man, where he takes us. I mean, not even to mention heaven one day, but where he takes us here on this earth. Let God interrupt your life. When God says go, you go. When God says stay, you should stay. And it doesn't matter what the world says that you should do. Listen, I want to tell you, I want to tell you what the angels told the shepherds. Peace is available. And he's being born right now in Bethlehem. Mercy is available. And he's being born right now in Bethlehem. Hope is available. And he's been born in Bethlehem. Joy is available. And he's been born in Bethlehem. Salvation is available. And he's been born in Bethlehem. All of these things come from Jesus Christ. Not from human effort. Not from human philosophy. Comes from Jesus Christ. If you want peace, you want mercy, you want hope, you want joy, do you want salvation, well then hark. Listen up. Because his name is Jesus. His name is Jesus. Would you stand this morning? We're going to go into a time of prayer. And before we sing a song, I want us to possibly find a place to pray. And here's what I'd like us to do. Very honestly, I want us to ask a dangerous question. God, where do I need to be interrupted in my life? Because here's the deal. We're probably not going to know. We think we know. But the shepherds were fine. Mary was fine, and Gideon was fine, and Daniel was fine, and Paul was fine, and 
Everybody was just fine where they were at. And then Jesus showed up. Where do we need to be interrupted in our life? Man, that, it's a dangerous question. So maybe everyone's not going to ask that. It's a dangerous question. Because what if he answers? What if he answers? Well, now we have to, we've got to do something. We've got to go a direction. But that's the question I want us to ask here today. As Jesus interrupted the life of the world just by being born, he interrupted everything. But man, did he make it so much better. Bringing joy and peace and mercy and salvation to us. So I'd like you to find a place to pray. And some of you may need to come forward and, and, and kneel at the altar. Or you can stand there in place wherever you may be. That's fine. But just find a place to pray. And what if we were to ask a dangerous question? God, where do I need to be interrupted in my life? Can we ask that question here this morning? Let's take just a few moments and let's pray. And then we'll sing a song together. Amen. I feel like there's someone here today, maybe they're watching online, I don't, I'm not sure. Someone here today, away from the Lord, and the Lord's calling you, and has been calling you and drawing you to give your heart to the Lord, for real. I want to give that opportunity. If you're here, um, as soon as service is over, I'm going to be right over here on the side. Please come and talk with me love to pray with you. If you're watching online, please email the church. I'd like to meet with you. Everybody get some coffee or come to church or something, but I'd like to sit and talk with you. Someone watching the message here today needs to come come to the Lord. I want to tell you, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. What he has for you is so wonderful. God, thank you for this day. Thank you for 2,000 years ago sending your son Jesus to be born, live a sinless life, perform miracles. gave his life three days later rose again just as it was prophesied years and years before but you interrupted earth's life and you brought salvation and you brought joy and you brought peace and you brought healing and you brought grace God thank you God we say thank you God, thank you. Lord, we get to talk about it all month. (laughs) Be reminded of it all month of what you did. And we thank you for the story. We thank you for the story. God, be with us this week. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise here today.